Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City. It's John Carlos here. I use he, him pronouns. So excited that you're joining us today. We have started a brand new series called In Everything. Uh, we believe that God is inviting you inviting me to see God in everything. And uh, what's really cool about this series is that we're, we kind of divided it by three different areas of everything, um, las tierras, uh, las aguas, y los cielos. So we're going to be exploring how to see God in the earth, in the waters, in the heavens. Um, because when we see God in everything, everything looks different. Um, I also want to uh, address lots of things that are going on. Happy Pride. Um, may you see yourself with the same kind of love and acceptance that God sees you. Happy Juneteenth. May you celebrate and fight for the freedom that is yours. Um, happy Father's Day. For some of us, we have a, a, a great relationship with our Father. For many of us, um, we have complicated relationships with our fathers or no relationship with our father. Whoever you're at, know that you uh, are loved, that you are welcome, and that there's space in this community for you. Um, as we dig in, um, I am going to be asking one huge question throughout this entire message. And the question and how we answer it changes how we live our lives changes how we see ourselves, changes how we see others. The question I want to answer today is, where is God? Where is God? And I believe that how we answer that question changes everything. My, my, my thesis for today, my, my one point that I want to leave with you is this. There is no place God does not reside there are no people God does not inhabit. God fills everyone and everything. And as we get started, I want to look at uh, an old Bible story that I think will speak to your experience and mine. Uh, this is a story way back in Genesis. And it's the story of Jacob encountering God. Uh, Jacob... Um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, gets a rock and goes to sleep. And when he dreams, he has a vision of the divine. He has a vision of the infinite. And in this vision, he sees God. Um, and, 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 and God is surrounded uh, by, by angels. And, and God speaks to him, speaks to his identity, speaks to his future, speaks to his calling. And then he wakes up. And Jacob has this line, this line that has just uh, spoken to me, and I hope it will speak to you too. Jacob says, God was in this place, and I was not aware of it. God was in this place, and I was not aware of it. I so empathize with that line. Because even though I believe God fills everything and everyone, 
there are lots of times when I miss God, when I miss God right in front of me. Um, that place where Jacob uh, had that experience, he called Bethel. He called house of God. He said this was the house of God, the gate to heaven. And that's what we do, don't we? When we have experiences we, with God, you and I, we, 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 we go to that location and we draw a circle and we say, this is where God is. This is where God was. Um, we set up altars. We create temples. We create maps and frameworks. Uh, when we have experiences with God, we, we, we tend to try to organize those experiences. But sometimes the way we organize those experiences limits who we are, limits who God is, and limits our future experiences with the divine. Because sometimes I miss God right in front of me. Um, there have been seasons of my life where I couldn't see God in my workplace and it made, um, it made my, my experience miserable because it felt like my career and my work were meaningless. Um, there were seasons of my life where I couldn't see God in myself as a gay man, where I couldn't see the divine design, calling and acceptance of God in me. And it made me miserable. It made me not love God, not love others, not love myself. There are scenes of my life where I thought God was here and therefore not over there. And so I couldn't see God uh, in people of different religions. I couldn't see God uh, in people from different cultures. I, I couldn't see God um, right in front of me. And the, 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 the problem is not, is God everywhere? The problem is that sometimes you and I miss God <laughs> when, when, when she's right in front of us. But I don't just believe I miss God sometimes. I think that this is, this is a human problem, right? The scriptures were written in a Jewish context and then in a, a Greek, a Roman, Gentile context. Um, but missing God isn't a Jewish issue or Greek issue. It's not an American issue. It's a, it's, a, it's a human issue. We have this ability to miss God right in front of us. And this causes great harm. Um, what is white supremacy but an inability or an unwillingness to see God right in front of us? What is systematic racism um, but an inability to see the divine in the people that surround us? What is police brutality but an unwillingness to see the holy right in front of us? You see, all these problems stem from this division that we have between the sacred uh, and the common, between the supernatural and the natural, between the holy and the unholy. But what if that line doesn't exist? What if it's all sacred? What if it's all holy? What if God is inviting us to see her everywhere? That's what I want to talk to us um, today. We're going to be looking today at Acts chapter 17, verse 22 through 30. And what I love about this passage is that we, we kind of see 
uh, a new way of thinking um, in a sermon that was not written to Christians, a sermon that was not written uh, to a Jewish audience, wasn't really written to um, the, 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 the people who were used to a tradition, but was actually written to uh, people you and I might describe as, as heathens, pagans, people who are definitely not Christian, definitely not within a specific tradition. And this is what Paul has to say to them. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. And I was, as I was walking through your town, carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. What you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. Well, number one, I just want to acknowledge that um, some of the most important spiritual developments in your life and my life happen when we create space for an unknown God. If God is infinite, then there is <laughs> actually an infinite amount that you don't know about her, right? That you don't know, understand, grasp, about the divine. But a lot of times religious people, especially in our country, they, they act like they, they understand 98% of God. <laughs> like they figured out God and now they can explain God to you. Um, and, 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 and there's something beautiful that happens when you create space for an unknown God. This re revelation, this, this in encounter with Paul would not have happened. If someone in Athens would have said, hey, we probably should create space for the God we don't know, the God we don't understand yet, the God who is bigger and greater than any of the frameworks we could have. If you don't have space for that in your faith, um, like you, <laughs> either your faith will collapse because it can no longer describe reality, um, or, or your faith will ultimately be rejected because it no longer speaks to uh, the needs you and your community have. Like, uh, just recently, Fabo and I were, were going through an immigration process, and uh, that immigration process, by the grace of God, is going well. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing, we're taking all the steps we can. We have a lawyer, we, we did, like, pages and pages and pages and pages of forms. We, we're, we're, we're waiting now um, for the process to unfold. Um, but there's like a chance, right? There's like a probability that a process, even as good as it looks right now, even though we've done all the steps, that this process is not going to turn out well. Um, what do we do with that kind of uncertainty or unknown in our faith? Um, and what Fabio and I have decided to do is to say, hey, we're praying that God provides, that God goes before us and behind us, that God um, leads us in this. But if this process doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out, we have some space for the unknown. We have some space for God <laughs> starting a new city in Quito, Ecuador. We have some space for um, Fabio and I moving if necessary. We have some space for us believing that some of the best and the greatest things we experience with God happens in unexpected and unknown ways. I would not have known five, ten years ago that I would uh, have a husband and be preaching on a monthly basis. 
Those things w didn't even cohere. They, they could not exist in the same spot. But I'm so glad that God was bigger and kinder and more gracious than I had first imagined. It's so important that if we believe in a God that fills everything and everyone, that we leave room. We leave room for the unknown. So he continues, God, who made the world and everything in it, is Lord of heaven and earth. Right, so we know God is creator. We know that God is transcendent over. He doesn't live in temples made with human hands. So we gotta, we gotta stop there. He doesn't live in temples with human hands. So go back to that Jacob story. What did he call that place? The house of God. What's another name for house of God? Temple, right? What do you, what, what do you mean? You, it, b, 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 back, back in, back in the Old Testament, you're creating altars and temples and saying God is here, right? There was the construction of the first temple and then the second temple, right? There are literally passages, right? Where, it, 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 it implies that God is in a literal box, like taken by like four men in Israel. And if you were to touch the box, you would die. So like, what do you mean God is not in temples? Like, of course, right? Like there was this understanding at the time that the, the answer to the question, where is God is, well, of course, if you were to get on your donkey, travel two, three days to a major city, there you might find the temple of Athena. Um, maybe if you brought certain sacrifices, you would be found worthy to be able to enter. You would have to go through a ceremonial process. Maybe you'd have to become a, a, a priest or a part of the religious order to get in further. But the, the, the answer to the question, where is God, is uh, take two lefts and a right. And you're at the temple because we know where God lives. God lives in, in, in these beautiful, ornate buildings that we created for, for them. And yet here is Paul saying, no, he, God doesn't live in temples made with human hands. That would have been revolutionary at his time. Nor is God served by human hands. As though he needed something. How much of my life did I live thinking that God needed me to be a part of mission, to be a part of service, to be a part of uh, transforming the world? How many years did I think that if I didn't do the things I was supposed to do, that something bad would happen? And how many years did I live thinking that I was kind of doing God a favor uh, but God was kind of lucky to have me because of all the good religious work that I was doing for him. And yet this passage says, no, no, God is not served by human hands as though he needed something. Instead, he is the one who gives life, breath, and everything else. Paul's making a statement that God doesn't need anything from us. On the other hand, God is the one who gives everything, life, breath. He continues, from one person, God created every human nation to live on the whole earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God made the nations so that they would seek him, perhaps even reach out to him and find him. In fact, God isn't very far from any of us. Now, this is the scandal, right? This is 
This is the news. God isn't very far from any of us. Ah, uh, that's not what people were saying at that time. That's not what people were claiming at that time. God could be really, really far from you. You're just, uh, you're just a nobody. You're just a commoner. You're just a peasant. You're just a, a normal human. How could you have any proximity with the divine? How you, how could you have any closeness with the infinite? There's no way, right? And uh, or on the other hand. The only way you could have any proximity to the divine is through these systems and these filters and these uh, temples and altars that very, very few people controlled and dictated and, 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 and decided who was in and who was out. And, and yet, Paul, Paul, Paul's saying, God doesn't live in temples. God isn't served by human hands. And in fact, it's not far from any of us. I believe... That God doesn't just fill everyone and everything. God is findable. And, and that's not a that's not like a belief that every culture and every religion have forever and ever. This 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 is actually in some ways the beliefs of mystics. The beliefs of those that say God is here. And I I can connect with God. I can find God, right? But so often we are people who are unwilling to see, unwilling to hear, unwilling to sense the divine right, right in front of us. And then here we have this culmination, right? Because in God we live, move, and have our being. This, this translation says, in God we move, and live, move, and exists. As some of your poets said, we are his offspring. But here's, before, okay, we gotta, we gotta do two things. We gotta get into what he's saying, but before we get into what, it, God, what Paul is saying, um, can you see, these are quotes from Greek and Roman philosophers. These are quotes from pagans, from heathens like you and me, right? These are poems from people who are not Christian, not Jewish, not anything, right, um, that, that we would even know or regard today. And Paul is saying, yeah, you know these, these two things two of your, 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 your philosophers said? Uh, uh, they were right. They, they, their wisdom was true. Their revelation is accurate. I'm here just to affirm, affirm that for a moment, right? I lived so much of my life thinking that faith Wisdom, truth, was something Christianity had a monopoly on. And so um, it was only true if it came from these correct sources. Because again, when we encounter the divine, what do we do? We, we go to that spot and we draw a circle and we say God is here. And, when, and, and, and we, we go and we set up an altar. And then over that altar, we set up a temple. And over that temple, we set up uh, uh, an ecosystem, a, 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 a system of, 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 of faith with Christian colleges and Christian music and worship bands and conferences and concerts and churches and denominations. And then all the while, all the while, we, we, we transition from believing that God is here to God is here only. 
We, we transition from believing this is good to this is it. And, and, and what was at first something that helped us connect and see and hear and sense the divine in us and in others, it becomes this, it becomes this opportunity to exclude and to harm. Is that what faith's supposed to be? Friends, I just want to be clear. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with drawing a circle, making a map, creating a framework to understand a God for you. There's, there's nothing wrong with altars and temples. It's, it's fine. But don't for a second believe that God is only there. Don't for a second believe that God is limited to your framework, to your map, to your theology, to your orthodoxy. Do not for a second believe. <laughs> because what we learn from Paul is that in God we live and move and have our existence. There is nothing in creation that is not in Christ. There is not a single person whom God does not inhabit. There is not a single place that God does not reside. God fills everything and everyone, right? And, 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 and for a long time, I didn't believe this. I, like, I had a framework, right? I encountered God with a specific community and a specific theology. And, 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 and so I believed. I, I believe that you had to believe before you could be justified, before you could be uh, adopted, before you could be uh, sanctified, glorified. Like, there, there was a process for faith. And if you believed, you were in. But if you didn't believe, and at times believed very, very specific things that... <laughs> hadn't really existed in that combination for most of human history and like probably like just came about in the last 100 to 500 years. If you didn't believe that, then you weren't in and you didn't have God in you. You didn't have the direction, the guidance, the, the gifting, the, the, the presence of God. And now I realize how wrong I was. Because what Paul is saying here to a group of people who are not Christians and not Jewish is, you're God's children. Not you need to become God's children. You're God's children right now. You're God's offspring. And, and, and he looks at a, a group of people who haven't believed that Jesus uh, existed, lived, died, or resurrected. Has no awareness of, of any of that. And he's, he's saying to them, in God we live and move and have our existence. Everything in all of creation, everything that has mass or energy, every, everything that has existence is filled with God. And, and I, I, I was thinking the other day about the idea of, um, <laughs> like, if God were to step out of a train, what, what would happen? Well, God was in a train, right? And God were to step out of the train. What would happen to the train, right? What would happen if the thing uh, in which molecules, atoms, electrons, um, light itself, if the thing that, 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 that is the OS, the, the foundation of reality, the ground of being, were to step off, what would happen to the train? 
I, I, I could imagine that the Adams, um, the Adams would, would take a vacation. I, I can imagine that the electrons uh, would would go on strike because they would not work under these conditions. I I can imagine the molecules deciding that um, they were not going to continue. Um, there is nothing that exists apart from God. Um, the train, I don't know if the train would disappear. I don't know if, I, if the train would explode. It, it kind of reminds me of Langston Hughes' um, deferred dream, right? Like, would it, <laughs> would it slump or would it, would it explode? Would it, would it do one of those Thanos disappearing blip moments from the Marvel universe? Would it, uh, <laughs> would it, would, would each of the atoms split and have a thermonuclear reaction? I don't know, but there is nothing in all of creation that is, 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 is absent of the presence of God. There is no person in whom God does not inhabit. There is no place. God does not reside. God fills everything. God fills everyone. So how do we live this out? How do we actually apply this into our lives? I believe that what you look for, you will find. Let me say that again. I believe that what you look for, you will find. And what I mean by that is that if you look for red cars, you will find more red cars than normal, right? You will find, you, you will see more red cars than usual. And this is a psychological thing. This is a human thing. What we look for, we find. Uh, and, 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 and the hope of this is not like a build your own adventure or build your own reality. Like, <laughs> uh, like that's not what my goal is. But like, if you look for God, can I tell you, you're going to find God. If you look for God in the trees, if you look for God in your work, if you look for God in your mother, if you look for God in your friend, if you look for God in the homeless person down the street, if you look for God in the prisons that we house, if, if you look for God... In, 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 in the people that we as a society marginalize, you're gonna, you're gonna find her. God is bigger than any one thing or one person, but God permeates everyone, everything. All things are sacred. All people are holy and are invited into a recognition of who they are. How does Paul finish, right? He says that for a while, God put up with this ignorance, but, but, but now is calling all people to change their lives um, and hearts. What I love about this is that it explains the Old Testament, right? Um, the Old Testament and the New Testament are not um, objective descriptions of divinity. They are texts written by people who were trying to express and describe the infinite, right? And so there are metaphors, right? And there are stories and there are descriptions. 
that at times don't go together. Sometimes God is a consuming fire and sometimes God is a, a, a vine or a tree. I don't know if you know this, but consuming fires and trees don't, <laughs> don't work well, you know? Like sometimes God is described as in a box and sometimes God is described as in a temple and then other times we realize that God could never fit in a box and he has never fit in a temple. Right? But the invitation is to realize, not to reach some level of holiness, but to realize who we already are. Right? He ends by saying, you are God's offspring. Not you have to become God's offspring, but you already are. The work that we have before us is to realize who we are, that we are beloved, that we are God's children, and we are filled to the brim with Christ. You have as much God in you as the people you look up to, as the artists you admire, um, as any king or queen ever had. You have God in you. And when you realize who you are, the world will never be the same.